Welcome to our Grade 7's Talk to Experts, a, a podcast where Grade 7's students talk to experts and find out more about their area of ex- expertise. I am your host for this episode, Tristan Lazert, and I am a student of College Park School in Lloydminster. Before we get to our experts for this, ex- for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing for our podcasts. We are a class of 24 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experience-based learning using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. We want to answer that age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world world outside of the school. For our podcast, students like me will be contacting an expert that that they know or in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or a job or in what could traditionally be considered a hobby or interest. So without further delay, I am pleased to introduce our third expert, who is an expert in outdoor sports, Jim Taylor. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, guys. So. I like you called me an expert. Yeah. That's good. What makes me an expert, hey? I mean, well, you've, you know, like you've been doing. I had a friend, I had a friend that used to say, what makes professional? And he used to say, do you do it every day? And you'd say, yep. He goes, then you're professional. Do you make money at it? Yes. Do you make yes. an earning at it? Yes. Then that makes you professional. So wow. different classifications of professional experts. So awesome. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, so let's, let's start by getting to know you. Uh, do you want to tell us about yourself? How far do you want to go back? Whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like Just when did you a start? A few years? Or do you want me to go business stuff or like, family things? Uh, we'll go family. Okay, I'll do a quick, uh, I'll do a quick timeline. Mm-hmm. I started, uh, I'm from Lloydminster, born and raised in Lloydminster. Um, I did what a lot of people do is, for schooling, I moved away. Um, and then when my professional career, my wife's professional career was starting, uh, it was easy to move back here because we had friends and family. Both of our families are from here. Um, and Lloydminster is an awesome place to start a business in, so it was easy for both of us to come back and immediately uh, start work uh, and doing that. So um, my background that relates to my business is that I started skateboarding uh, as you know, 10, 11 years old, uh, snowboarding when I was 13, 14. I was the only one in my family that snowboarded, um, and then was always in BMX and mountain bike and all those types of things from a young age. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I skateboard a little bit. Same with Gavin and Billy. Skateboarding's tough. Yeah, it's it is. really tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the toughest things you could learn. Yeah. Okay. But. So, uh, were you always interested in outdoor sports? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, from my background, is my family never weren't uh, really into a lot of outdoors. We grew up in the lake, so we mm-hmm. did a lot of you know uh, kneeboarding and water skiing oh, and stuff like that fun. growing up and skateboarding with my cousins and, and that stuff. So I got into it at a young age and introduced to it. Cause I always had, I was lucky. I had older cousins that, and friends that got me into those sports. And then with snowboarding specifically, I got into snowboarding, um, again, influences from older friends and older friends, cousins that were into the sport really early. And, uh, my family wasn't into snow sports. We didn't ski growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I got introduced to it just by, uh, a friend of mine that got a snowboard and we'd go over to JC Hill, um, on days like today, build jumps and yeah. and start riding snowboards. So I got into it at a really, really early age. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, we're gonna call up Isaac. Please Isaac. Come up. Are we getting into some, all the tough questions? Okay. Hi there, my Hi. name is Isaac. Hello Isaac. My question is, why did you choose outdoor sports instead of something else? Uh, why did I choose outdoor sports? Um, because I started them early, it was easy for me to, um, to tell people about the enjoyment. Um, outdoor sports are kind of like team sports where they're easy to get involved with. You know, if you wanted to go for a bike ride, it's easy to grab your bike and go. If you want to 
if you if your family skis, it's easy to grab skis and go. For snowboarding, it was easy because yeah. we didn't have to go to the mountains. We didn't have to go to Table Mountain or, or Kinnisoo Ridge or the mountains. We could do it in our backyards and build our own jumps and things. So it was easy to, to do that snow. And you can't sit around and complain about winter all the time. So you got to just get out there and have fun with it. So snowboarding is an easy way to get outside and have fun. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're good. Okay, well, that's Isaac for you. Nice. And I, Are you coming up again? Um, no. I know that you also build bikes, which is the which is the easiest bike that you've ever built. And if you don't mind telling us, which is the hardest bike that you've ever built? The easiest bike I ever put together? Yes. Okay. Uh, so just so you know, when I when I uh, build bikes, they actually come partially assembled from the people that I buy them from. Mm-hmm. So the easiest bike that I I build is usually one of those little twelve inch run bikes for young two and three year old mm-hmm. kids that want to start because those we all I have to do is put the wheels on and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So those are really really easy. Um, the hardest bike that I had to build. Um, Actually, it's, actually, we're doing it right now. Um, just came into the store. It is a, now I'm probably gonna say a bunch of terms that don't mean anything to you, but this bike that's in my store right now is a full carbon fiber, a hand laid frame. So it's actually mm-hmm. made in the US by, um, by um, uh, Pivot Bicycles. And, and so anyway, that doesn't make, mean anything to you, but they actually hand lay the carbon fiber. They make the frame, everything in, this, in uh, the US. Uh, even the wheels are made of carbon fiber. So this bike, not only is it difficult, but you have to be very careful that we're not uh, installing things like the bottom bracket or the headset incorrectly. Because if we if we don't follow those tolerances or the way that the manufacturer tells us to put it together, we can wreck something. Um, and and that costs tens of thousands of dollars, a very expensive bike. So not only is it tough, but you have to be very cautious that you're following all the specs that you need to, that you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to call up Gavin and Matthias. Would you like to come up, please? Where's Gavin? Get up here. Okay. Hello. Hi. My name is Gavin. Nice to meet you, Gavin. And my question is, what's the worst thing that happened to a bike that you had to fix? The worst thing? Yes. Um, the worst thing is that I've actually this summer I've had a bike that's come back to the store probably nine or ten times so what makes that the worst bike is that the 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 guy the kid that's riding it keeps wrecking the same thing over and over and over again and I have to keep fixing it to try to make it stronger each time and he keeps on he keeps on uh, keeps on wrecking all the things that I do so it's uh that's probably the worst thing is trying to keep a bike on the road when you have really, really hard riders on it. That is the worst, trying to make it work. Thank you. You're welcome. How would you maintain a bike the best? Um, well, do you remember when I was here what we talked about small things? Mm-hmm. So small, small fixes in the long term uh, helps for long bike maintenance. So things like oil your chain, checking the tires, checking the brakes, and doing small things each time is easier than trying to do a, a big overhaul of a bike that you neglected for the whole summer. So that, that's, the, that's the best way to, to do it, is to do small fixes all the time instead of a big fix that's gonna be costly down the road. What would be the best way to maintain a snowboard? Uh, the best way to maintain a snowboard? Well, two things. Don't smash it into rocks or into logs or into jumps. So that's an easy one, don't wreck it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one is to the same thing, is uh, a big mistake in snowboarding, this just came to me, big, big mistake in snowboarding is that um, leaving your skis or your snowboards in the bag after you've gone to the hill. Because what happened, the, the edges are made of metal. What happens if the water gets on, they rust. So that's the big one. The easiest thing and the best way is to take your snowboard or your snowboard out of the bag afterwards, wipe it down, that way it's ready to go next time. Okay. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Okay. What's next, eh? Uh, I believe you're also a bike rider. I do ride some bikes, yes. Uh, can you share the worst incident <laughs> or wipe out the technical failure accident that you've had? The worst one that I've had, uh, the worst one, most painful, 
Doesn't How about I do that one? Yeah. The most painful. So uh, when I was working, this is a while ago, a few years ago, maybe over 15 years ago, I used to compete in 24-hour adrenaline races. So what's, what that means is that you start at uh, a certain time. This race started at 10 o'clock in the morning and it ended at 10 o'clock the next morning. So we went for 24 hours straight. So I didn't do it by myself. I wasn't in good enough shape to do it by myself, but I was on a team with four people. So how it works is your first rider goes out and he would do a lap. And the lap can take anywhere from 50 to you know, an hour and a half, 50 minutes to an hour and a half. So you could be on the course for two hours by yourself, riding through. It's at in Canmore at Canmore Nordic Center. So if anybody's been to Canmore, you can actually drive up in that area and see the, they hold a, uh, like Olympic and world-class cross-country skiing there as well. So I was in this race. This was my second or third year competing in it. I think I was on my second, second or third run of the day. So I'd already been out for a lap and came back and I was feeling pretty good. It was later in the day, you know, early afternoon and we were lap six or lap seven, somewhere around there. And I was catching a lot of people because you don't know where anybody is on the race, right? You don't know where anybody is. I could see you and you could be, you know, on lap one and I could see you and you could be on lap 12. You don't know who you are, but it encourages you to pass people, you know, gets your adrenaline going and, and, and every time you see a rider, you think you're gonna pass them and that gets you farther up and faster and faster. Cause there's hundreds of people on this course at, at a time. There's literally a football field full of tents full of people. So um, I was racing a few people and they have these big berms and these big overpasses. So I was coming up over an overpass and I was taking the inside line and I hit the inside berm uh, trying to pass somebody and going way too fast, got uh, quite a bit of air and I came down so hard um, on my seat. It was like a, you know, I was sitting when I did it and I hit so hard that I bit my seat post and basically, you know, almost compressed my whole lower back. Uh, and I was way up in the mountains. There's no way of getting out. So I had to ride, I had to finish my lap. And at the time I was full of adrenaline, didn't really feel the pain. I finished my lap and I thought I was fine. Came across the finish line, I went to step off my bike and as soon as I put my, my opposite foot on the ground, my body from my hips down locked up and I fell over and I couldn't move. It was complete lock up and that was the most painful. I had to crawl to the tent to where the doctors were and then I got a uh, there was a chiropractor there and a massage therapist and they helped me go I don't think I did any more laps that weekend I think I was done yeah. that was the worst okay well yeah. that's that's yes yeah. it was bad yeah. okay well, no major injuries but it still hurt really bad yeah I, I could just be a big wuss too <laughs> yeah. okay well um uh, what was it like living in Lloydminster when you were a kid uh well Lloydminster was smaller yeah. And it was easy to get around, so we biked everywhere. So I lived over by Winston Churchill School, um, and I remember when they put in the first bike pass. Mm -hmm. And so back then, it was really easy. We used to um, get on the bike pass. We'd ride to Bud Miller. We could ride to the mall. They all intersected. It was really easy. We didn't have this whole south side that that we didn't need to get to. So um, back then, Lloyd Mister was small. There was small groups of everybody, and. Um, we, there was a small group of skateboarders that everybody got to know. There was a small group of kids that used to BMX. There was a small group, and every there was only there was less schools. It, you know, a lot less kids, all those types of things. So, growing up was really uh, it was fun because we were always doing something. You know, we we're always you know playing hockey, playing basketball. Um, you know, every weekend was sports. Um, yeah, and then lots of school sports. That was great doing all those types of things. And so yeah, back then it was it was fun growing up because it was. There was always something to do. And if, you, if there wasn't something to do, you, we went and made it. We went and made our own fun. You know, we'd go to Bud Miller and make jumps. We'd go over to JC Hill and make jumps. We'd go and, yeah, play basketball at Bar Colony every day of the summer. It was, it was, it was fun. There's lots of, lots of things to do. Wow, that's, that's cool. Uh, what was your school experience like? Because you had to... My schooling? Yeah. Uh, for work or just for... Like schooling, yeah. as, in like, as a kid, I would say. As a kid? So I did this, I did pretty much what everybody did. I, um, uh, at Winston Churchill, it was uh, kindergarten to grade six. Um, so school was great over there. I had lots of, you know, being close to school and and um, and having, I had I have four sisters. So mm -hmm. I always had two sisters in front of me and two behind me. So everybody, every teacher knew who you were, whether it was good or bad. 
So I had a sister that was good in front of me and I had a sister that was not so good behind me. So it was always, so it was somebody who always knew you. And then I went from Winston Churchill to, Bar- or to Winston Churchill to Bishop Lloyd. And then I, that's when I started playing basketball and all those types of things. And um, I went through regular high school. And then after school, I, um, I went on and actually did something totally different than bike and snowboard repair. So I know there's a question coming up. I saw that, what would I be doing if I didn't want a bike shop? But I actually went to school for uh, web design, graphic design, and I uh, did some 3D modeling and all those types of things back then, computer programming. So my background is actually more in computers and graphic design. Wow. Um, in ELA, we've been reading stories about participating and doing our best. For example, we did some research on Bianca Filipescu. Filipescu? Andreescu. Uh, Andreescu. There you go. You got it. Uh, Andreescu, we read we read a story about a we read a story about a wheelchair marathon racer. Mm-hmm. We also read a, read a story called Baseball and the Facts of Life. If someone were to write a book about you, what would be a good title? Hey. I don't know. I, I I do a lot of different things. Um, and I have done a lot of different things over time. So what was it? What was that last title? Uh-huh. Baseball and the Facts of Life. I would, if I was writing a book, or if somebody's writing about me, um, how about the Eclective Works of Jim Taylor? Okay. Does that work? Yeah. You know what that means? No. <laughs> Just a mix of all the stuff I've done, because... Over life, you're you know you're inspired and you you follow different paths and you do a whole bunch of different things. So you find something that inspires you and and you get influenced by it. And so that's what I I have been my entire life is influenced by different things, whether it's sports heroes or you know um, friends, family, all those types of things. So they get you influenced by different things. So you can appreciate a whole bunch of different things and then go do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you tell us about any ex- an experience where you chose to participate and gave your best effort? Hmm. Anything. Anything? That, that, that you've done. That I've done where I gave my best effort? Yeah. Well, I try to give my best effort all the time. Um, I'm not sure. Let me, let, me, let me think about that. Where I gave a good effort, hey? Yeah. Um... I always go back to sports because sports is easy. Mm. Uh, grade 10, I was playing a lot of basketball. And that year, I actually um, didn't make the senior team. I made the junior team. So there was actually a friend of mine. We actually kind of inspired each other. And we would play at lunchtime. We'd play after school. We'd play at night. We'd go to open practices. The senior coach would would open up the gym for younger players that wanted to come and play with the older players and to get better. So we actually, we really dedicated a lot of time then, um, especially when basketball started in October, November. And we were playing every day uh, to the point where at Christmas, uh, over the Christmas break, we went to, a, they had open gym every day. Uh, they'd open the school and just let, you know, for three or four hours and let basketball players come in and go. And so, yeah, we came and played and scrimmaged with the older kids to the point where when I came back to school the week after Christmas, I got asked to join the senior team. Wow. So that was a good one. That was, that was something that I, I remember just because I, I worked so hard at it to try to get better. Not, not knowing I was going to get asked to go up. Like I wasn't expecting to get, get brought up to the team, but the coach saw that we were dedicated, that we were into it. And he asked both of us to uh, come and join the team. So that was, that was a good one. That's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, um, have there been times that you felt discouraged as a business owner? What made you want to keep on going for your career? Um, yeah, you know, there's lots of things about small business that is difficult. Um, a lot of small business owners, they, it sounds really fun, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds really easy. It sounds cause you are your own boss and you know, being your own boss is tough. It, it's not it's not uh, always just get up and go because number one there's nobody telling you what to do I don't have somebody every morning telling me to get up and I, I don't have a list every morning when I 
when I get to work or when I get to the shop or when I'm leaving the house on what I have to do. So you almost have to wear a whole bunch of different hats and keep yourself motivated every day to do those small things. Um, you know, get up, get dressed like everybody else, get to the shop early, tackle those things you don't want to tackle, do the tough things like figure out your finances and how you're going to pay for things and when stuff is coming in and all those types of things. So staying motivated and creating your own jobs is one of the toughest things uh, any small business owner will do. And the other one that is really um, uh, a tough thing and, and something that I try to do is I try to teach other people. I know that I'm not going to be at my store forever. Um, my goals were, I set short goals for myself so I can attain those goals, meet those goals, and then move on to the next thing. So my first goal was to be open for a month. If I could be open for a month, then I did awesome. My next goal, let's go for six months. Great, I made it to six months, then a year. Then let's go two years, let's go three years, let's go five, let's go 10, and then you start stretching your goals out so you can, so you can meet expectations and then prove to yourself you can do it and uh, yeah, and then keep setting goals as you go. So sometimes I've, you know, sometimes I find people set really, really high goals. You know, think of it like high jump. You know, when you're when you're in school and you're learning how to do high jump, the first time you go out, where do they set the bar? Do they set it at six feet high? No, they set it just above the mat. So you start there. Once you do that, then you move up to the next site. Then you move up to the next site. And as you go, you get better, right? And as you go, you prove to yourself that you can get that next height. And so as you go to those next hurdles and those next that next bar height where does that bar go right you you can go as high as you want it to go so it's so it's setting small little goals and, and accomplishing those i'm gonna ask jackson to come up oh, here we go oh it's very similar yeah. hey okay so how hard is it to create and run a small business in Lloydminster? um all right. Well, Lloydminster is very unique. Everybody knows where Lloydminster is, right? How far away is Edmonton? Two and a half hours? Mm -hmm. How far away is Saskatoon? Two and a half hours? Something like that. So we're kind of in the middle, right? We are in the middle. We're in the middle of two provinces. So there's lots of, there's lots of things that make Lloydminster unique to run a business. So um, I'll tell you an easy thing that makes it easy, and then I'll tell you a hard thing. So the one, one nice, easy thing about Lloydminster is that we are far enough away from other cities that people choose to do most of their business in Lloydminster. They don't want to drive two and a half hours always for their groceries and you don't want to drive two and a half hours to go buy socks or you know you don't want to drive three hours to maybe even go look at bikes and snowboards. So there's a, it, Lloydminster is unique that way that we do have a benefit where we have a large population or, or you know, semi-large population and a lot of small towns around that rely on Lloydminster for that business. So that, that on one part, it makes it kind of easy to do business in Lloydminster that way. Now the hard part is, is that, I, I'll play the devil's advocate a bit here, is that Edmonton is only two hours away. So when people choose to go to the bigger centers and, and, and want to go outside Lloydminster, once they're there, they usually will make that choice to already shop or do their business there because there is a bigger selection. So the really tough thing in Lloydminster is to have a store that will offer a lot, but uh, offer a lot without having so much stuff that you can't afford to run your business. But on the other side is have enough that people will take you seriously and come back, uh, come back and treat you like you are a big shop in a small town. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, what do you think failure has to do with success? Failure? Yeah. Um, well, failure is, uh, is something that if you can learn how to overcome and learn from your mistakes, failure is great. Mm -hmm. There are lots of times, especially even working on a bike where, I'll, I'll use working on a bike for example. If I do something wrong on a bike and I adjust the derailleur wrong, I can see I've done it wrong. But then also, I can see what I have to do right. So you can learn from your mistakes to then remember not to make those mistakes again. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing, if, if you fail at something, you know, take some time, think about it. Don't dwell on it forever. You know, figure out the good and the bad, what you learned from it, what you did bad, and try not to do it again. And that's, that's you know, working with failure and making it work for you is if you did it once wrong, don't do it again wrong. Mm. Well, uh, did you do any sports uh, now or as a kid? 
lots. I played everything. I did it all. I played soccer, hockey, basketball. Never played football, just yeah. for fun. Yeah. Um, volleyball. Uh, played every team sport that was put in front of me. Did it absolutely everything. Like I said, we used to water ski, we used to kneeboard, used to wakeboard. Um, I even did a crazy stint for a few years where I was mountain boarding. If anybody knows what that is, look it up. It's really bad. You'll hurt yourself. Don't do it. It's like skateboarding with monster truck wheels is what it is. And you go downhill and you have no brakes. So all those things put together just equals injuries. Um, so yeah, I've played absolutely every sport. I try everything. I've tried, I've tried to learn how to ski. I was never brought up skiing. So I've tried to learn how to ski. Um, I snowboard. I try to push myself snowboarding and try to try different runs and do those types of things. Mountain biking even now. I've been mountain biking for many years. And every time I load on my bike, I try something new. I get better at climbing hills. I'm always getting better and, or trying to get better. And uh, yeah, so I'll take, I'll take on any sport. I'll try, I'll try almost anything. Cool. Um, tell us about someone you looked up to when you were younger. Well, that's kind of an easy one. Um, well, the guys that got me into the business, there's three, there's three guys that I kind of, I look at, um, you know, besides your parents, your parents are obviously two people that you're going to look up to, you know, in my family, you know, my dad, we had five kids in our family and they're always, every one of them, you know, me and my sisters, we were always into sports and watching my parents run around and drive them to everything and pick them up from everything and coach sports and all those types of things are something that that inspired me. I do it now, you know, just I'll give you a quick yesterday. I coached hockey, mm. ate some supper and then went and coached basketball. So it was after running the store all day. So, um, you know, it's always nice to be involved and do those types of things. So you, it's easy to be inspired by your parents because you see them all the time. Um, but the, the two people that inspired me to do kind of what I'm doing today, um, I said two. There's actually, there's going to be a few more than that. Um, is the guys that started the first bike and snowboard or the skateboard and, and mountain bike store specifically in Lloydminster. This was way before any of you guys, but there was a store called High Gear Cycle and Sport and it was downtown. Um, and they started a small little business and all they did was repair and sell bicycles. That's what they did. Uh, one guy's name was Garth, Garth Syred, and then Tom Baraboo. Tom Baraboo is from Lloydminster and Garth moved here from after he was done school somewhere. Uh, but those two guys, they, they were friends through mountain biking and they started a store. And when I was 13, 12 or 13, 14 maybe, when they, start, when they opened up the store, um, I met them. They were awesome guys and they invited me and other, other people. I didn't have the best mountain bike. I, my bike was from Canadian Tire at the time. And I met them and they invited me to come out mountain biking with them. And my mom let me go mountain biking out to Vermilion with them through the through the river valley and and do that and that's how i met them so hanging out with those those guys learning what they were doing watching what they're doing seeing how much time they spent running a store uh, and not just running the business but getting people involved like asking a 13 year old you know snot nosed kid like me to come out and go ride with them it was awesome they let me come out and, and see what it was about and that stuck with me forever so those two guys that allowed you to come hang out in the shop and learn what was going on and teach you about mountain biking and teach you about snowboarding, because that's where we went to afterwards was for skateboard and snowboard stuff. Um, so those guys inspired me right from the start where that's what got me into the business. After high school, uh, between doing different things, I worked I worked for them. I worked for them at, at High Gear and that's where I learned how to fix, that's learn, learn how to repair and I learned how to work with customers and talk to people and and help get other people inspired to want to learn to do it. So those two guys were kind of my first real big influences on, on learning the sports, but also learning how to pass those on to other people. Then since then, I've had another friend that I worked for as well. A lot of work, a lot of work influences. And he was a snowboard rep for Burton Snowboards for Alberta. And traveling around with him and seeing how many people, he, this, this one guy, his name is Scott, he actually was one of the very first people in Alberta that was allowed to snowboard on a mountain. So he has a card that says, back from, I think it was 1986 or 1987 when they got their first cards and they were allowed to actually snowboard at Marmot Basin. So back then, snowboards weren't allowed on hills. It was just skiing. They didn't allow snowboarding at, uh, at certain mountains. Um, and it was brand new. And so he would have to... Um, if you want to learn how to snowboard, right? If you want to learn how to snowboard at, or if you wanted to go to Marmot Basin, 
you would have to go to this guy, Scott, and you'd have to show him that you could turn, that you could stop, you could be in control, and he would actually sign a card for you and say, now you can go. So if you went to buy a lift ticket, you'd have to show that card to say you could actually be safe on the hill. So a guy like that, and he, he's been doing that for 40 years, 30, 40 years, is getting people inspired into sports. So I really get influenced and excited when there's people that are out there wanting to teach and coach and get people involved in sports. So those are your you know, big, big influences when it comes to the business. Oh, um, how long have you been doing your job and what jobs did you have before when you were younger? Uh, so I've been snowboarding for the better part of 20, how old am I? Mm. Do you know? 30 some. Thank you, 30. No, I'm 40, I'm 41 and I started snowboarding when I was, I think I was, thir this winter I was just turned 13, I think is when it was. So, who's good at math? Anybody know how many years that is? 25 years? 26? Something like that. Let's just say, let's just say 25. So 24, 25 years, um, something like that. I've been snowboarding and uh, been involved in snowboarding the whole time. So snowboarding specifically, I did it as my own activity uh, with my friends, but then I actually worked as a, um, a snowboard instructor. There was a club in Lloydminster, uh, the Lloydminster Ski and Snowboard Club. So I was there, uh, I was a coach one year, then I was the head coach. And so I worked with them for, I think, four years as a snowboard instructor, which kept me going in the business. Um, and then all the way through it, I've done personal lessons, private lessons, um, and uh, continued to snowboard the whole time. So that's really kept me, I, I love snowboarding. It's really the best, one of the best things to do. So that's kept me going. Whether I had the business or not, I would still be snowboarding. It's, it's just something that I would always be doing. And what was the next part of your question? Um, um, what was and what jobs did I have when I was younger? Yeah. Oh. Um, so I worked, I worked in, the, in the snowboard shop, in the bike shop. So that's what got me involved in the business to begin with. Um, and then biking. I've been biking ever since I was little. So um, learning how to fix bikes and getting involved in biking was really easy because when you like something that much and you learn what it's all about, it kind of just carries on for your whole life. Awesome. Um, yeah, you don't want to hear about my lame jobs I have. <laughs> hey? Or get like Subway or something. I worked at a Ready Mart. Woo. What's that? Uh, you know where Family Pizza is? Yeah. I worked, it was it was before it was Family Pizza and whatever, it was, it was a convenience store. Yeah. So I worked there. My grandpa used to own Family Pizza. Yes, they own the building. Yeah. Yeah, they own the building that, uh, I'm pretty sure they owned the building back then too. Yeah. And the people that had the Ready Mart just, just yeah. leased it from them. Yeah. I remember I used to go back there and I made my... Like my first pizza ever. It was. Awesome. <laughs> Got to go make pizzas. Yeah. Well, hey, sounds like a job ready for you. Yeah. Who's hiring? <laughs> hey. Okay. Well, I'm gonna call up Brooke. Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Yeah. What would you be doing if you didn't own a bike shop? Uh, sleeping. <laughs> a lot of sleeping. Really? Well, yeah. Um, I would like to sleep more because, I, yeah, if the bike shop is busy, I'm there pretty much all day. When I first started, I was going in at eight o'clock in the morning, or actually, uh, I was running, I was doing two jobs. So this will lead into the second part of that, or the, the answering of that question is that when I opened the shop, I was a sales manager for a um, sign and advertising company. So if I wasn't uh, in the bike shop, I would probably be doing that. I'd probably be making signs and doing vehicle wraps and decals and signs. Um, maybe making clothing and all that kind of stuff. So something to do with web design, signage, and uh, yeah, advertising. Cool. Okay. We can do another uh, whole podcast on making stickers. <laughs> I was just making some before I came here. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was making a Halloween mask for, for my son. Oh, he wants a Fortnite mask, so I was cutting out the eyes and the nose and I was getting them all on there and wrapping the mask. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, we're going to have an open mic. So an open mic is where people... Holy man! Class. So an open mic is where students from the class come up in a line and then ask whatever questions they I just thought they were coming up to here know. to rough me up. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, they're going to ask some questions. We have All Isaac right. here. If they're hard them. questions, can I pass? Uh, no. I have is, to answer them? This, yes. this, is the this is the hardest question. All right. My question is... What is your favorite shade? 
Shade? Shade, like black, white, gray. Oh. A shade. Like a shade. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought you were going to say, like, if I could answer, under a tree. No. That's in the shade, right? Isn't it? I guess. My favorite shade? Is under a Let's tree. Let's go charcoal. Okay. Is that's that a good a, answer? That's a good... I have a follow-up question. Okay. What is your favorite color? Uh, I like blue. Nice. Yeah. I have one more follow-up question. Okay. Um, what is your favorite animal? Uh, I like uh, cheetah. Thank you. Is that a good one? Yes. Cool. Hello. Hi. My name is Isaiah. Hello, Isaiah. And my question is, if you could merge two animals, what would they be? Ooh. Mine is a rhino and a cheetah, and I call it a cheeto. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, if I was merging two animals? Yes, and what would it be called? Oh, my gosh. You should have emailed me these ahead of time so I could prepare. <laughs> I, I knew they The first one that comes to mind, anybody watch Napoleon Dynamite? Yep. Yes. Yeah, a liger. A liger. liger. Yeah, lion and a tiger. I'm going Thank with you. a liger. Aloha. Has anybody answered that yet? Uh, not a liger. Okay, not good. A liger. Aloha, I am Kane. Um, what is your favorite letter? Favorite letter? In the alphabet. Oh, yeah. Uh, letter Z. That is it. Okay, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ben. What What would you rather choose, Pepsi or Coke? Oh. Coke is sweeter and Pepsi is. Like yeah, I'm Pepsi. gonna have to go Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Pepsi. That's the better answer. Yep. Okay, my name's Mason. <laughs> my name's Mason. And. Hello, Mason. Okay. What? is your favorite kind of drink? My favorite kind of drink? Yeah, what's your favorite drink? Mm, it changes. Right now, I, I okay. drink a lot of black coffee. Okay. It's good. Okay, what's your favorite brand of paper? Favorite kind of paper? Brand, yeah. Brand of paper? Yeah, there's so many. Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin? Yeah, good one. Okay. Yeah, we'll go there. That's a good one. All right, yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw. And howdy, my name is Billy. And, You're um, awesome. <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite um, type of coffee from first to last? Like how many do you want? Two. Two types now. of and coffee. Yes. And then also, what's your favorite food? Oh, okay. Favorite coffee. Uh -huh. um, there's actually I sell it at my store. It's called Northman Coffee. It's really, really good. And then my second is McDonald's. Mm -hmm. but those are my two I can see that you see that right there yeah yeah if there was a third I would say second cup mm -hmm. all yeah. right and my favorite food favorite food uh-huh double big Mac <laughs> tacos all right and it's not Tuesday is it no Gang it's no, taco it's Tuesday and for a follow-up question what's your yep. favorite Western movie my favorite Western yeah mine's tombstone that is a good one that's a really good one mm -hmm. um my favorite Western yeah tombstone I'll be your huckleberry that's a good one ridiculous six ridiculous six yep <laughs> I'm going there because right. I was just watching it the other day thank you hello I'm Blake Hi, and like, have you ever had people try and give, like, make you give them like a free thing or something, like a free fix on a bike? Yes. Oh. I sure okay. have. Did it work or? Um. Well, there, there's two ways to answer that question. I actually do a lot of donations for, uh, you know, for nonprofit groups and things like that. So I, I do a lot of donations as far as free things. Um. I also donate. I have people that will give me bikes that they don't want anymore and then I'll fix them up and then I'll donate them back to things like the Interval Store and other, uh, or Big Brothers or things like that, Men's Shelter. Um, but people asking for free stuff. Like a free fix on a bike? A or free like fix? A free bike or something? Uh, I have, we do have people that will ask for it, but um, usually we don't give away free things, but we will offer um, discounts or things like that. If they're if they're buying a bike from us, then they get free service for the year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll be back. Okay. Well, men's line's getting bigger. Um. Hello, back. my name's AJ. Have you ever had to um, fix a a bike brake? Yes. Uh, any type, disc brake or V brake. I'd fix one right before I came over here. There's a, I was just fixing. Um, 
fixing a V-brake on a bike for a lady that's going to be riding in the winter. So yeah, I brakes are probably if I if I fix anything on a bike, brakes gets gets uh, they're the uh, one of the most regularly asked for item that I have to fix probably I have, every day. I have a follow up question. Okay. Have you ever had to fix like a front brake? On a bike? Yeah, uh, yeah, BMX or mountain bikes. Actually, even yesterday, I was just bleeding the brakes on a disc brake for a guy. So yeah, front brakes, front brakes are pretty darn important. So yeah, I do those all the time. Yeah, because uh, Adrian, his brakes, I don't know, but like, is it if, is your is they're it your brakes? Or, yeah, they're destroyed. They don't work. No. Well, if they're destroyed, it could be tough. Yeah, we could try. That's the same with my bike. We'll like. attempt anything. I'll put it that way. We'll try anything. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Alex, and my question is, if you could move anywhere in the world, where would it be? Mine mm. would be Nelson, BC. That's a good choice. I was going to go that way. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time. Um, I, I really like the West Coast. I like Tofino. Um, I like the whole inside, you know, uh, Comox and Parksville area. I'd like to stay in Canada if I moved anywhere. Kamloops, Sun Peaks, anywhere where there's a mountain, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Let's say Sun. Let's go Sun Peaks. That'd be a place I'd like to move to. Thank you. You're welcome. So hello, it's me again. Hello. Jackson. Hey, nice shirt. Oh, look at that. We planned that. Well done. I I, I didn't, but mm. I guess. Oh yeah. So um, why did you choose the name Grinding Gears for your store? Um, well. It play. It actually has a little bit of representation to that original store that I was with, High Gear. So I wanted to keep the name kind of gear in it, just to kind of show them my appreciation for where I came from in um, uh, in business that way. Um, and then grinding is kind of a play on words, multiple things. So if you think about skateboarding, there's a lot of tricks where you, on a rail trick you you grind that way. Um, Snowboarding, you know, a lot of you grind, you a lot of jibbing and a lot of different uh, sort of terms are built around it. And then with bikes, one of the biggest things we get we get asked for, or when people come in and ask, say my gears are grinding, so we got to fix that. Um, and then lastly, I don't know if anybody watched Family Guy, yeah, but you know what grinds my gears <laughs> when my bike doesn't work. So that's where it kind of comes from is is all those kind of things put together. Okay, um, I also have a follow up question. It's kind of like. Why did you choose like the skeleton hands? On that graphic? Yeah. Uh, well, that one, we've got we've got a kind of funny graphic. I don't think I'm wearing the, t I think I'm actually wearing one today. Look at that, we match, kind of. Um, hey, you like that? Bikes and boards. Yeah, bikes and boards. Uh, skeleton hands, well, usually, uh, well, in mountain biking or anything like that, when you are going really, really fast, they call it white knuckling, and you're almost going so fast that your hands are turning white. And you're holding your bar so so tight that your your fingers and your hands are going tight they almost look like bones so that's kind of where that t-shirt graphic comes from is you're holding on so tight and you've been doing it for so long that you you're still a skeleton when you're done and you're still riding mm -hmm. okay and also have you ever had a fix like a bike that like the frame is kind of like broken like really bent. broken yes you know to the point where you can't fix them there are times where bikes come in and the frames are bent and there's really nothing safe that we can do to get it back on the road. Yeah, like it was, th this last one was bent so bad that I couldn't fix it. Hmm. Yeah, like the whole back end, the rear triangle where the rear wheel is, it was run over and it was cracked and broken and just not safe to ride. So there's there's some things you can do and some things you can't. Okay, bye. Hello, my name is Parker. And when was the first time they have to fix a bike? The first time I had to? Yeah. Oh boy. Way back or? Yeah, way back. Way, way back. You know, probably one of the first times I had to fix a bike, um, I probably wasn't fixing it myself yet. I was probably relying on the guys at the store that were helping me out to do it. Um, but right from a young age, I was doing things like, I was taking my bike apart, replacing tires, replacing wheels, um, doing those things. So I was probably, I'm gonna say, I don't know, nine or ten years old was the first time I started really fixing bikes. Okay. Much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm Creed, and um, what was your favorite, what is your favorite kind of bike? 
Oh, well, right now going into winter, my favorite bike is a fat tire bike. So really big tires, really big volume tires, so I can ride through snow, I can ride through ice, I can, uh, once, once Bud Miller's frozen over, I'll stud my tires, I can ride right across the ice. So uh, this time of year, my favorite bike is gonna be a fat tire bike. In the summertime, my favorite type of bike is uh, a full suspension trail bike. All right, thanks. My uh, friend's dad has a bike like that, and he just rides it everywhere. Who's that guy? Uh, his last name is Parkinson. Steve. Oh, uh, oh Steve yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ezra's dad, right? Yeah, yeah it's got big, big, big wide tires, tires on it. Yeah. Good morning. Well, hello again. Good morning. I'm, good morning. I'm Isaac. Hi, Isaac. And I have two questions for you. Okay. Do you have... Somewhere it's morning. Do you have a name for your bike? Uh... Uh, this one I'm riding right now, I call it Thundee. Cool. Yeah. Okay, and my second question is, um, do you refer, do you prefer Apple or Samsung? Ooh, Apple. Yeah. Except for right now, my camera's broken. Anybody know how to fix a camera? I have to smack it so it focuses. Apple does. Oh, okay, then yeah, smack Apple it does. really hard. Oh, yeah, I keep smacking it, yeah. Well, yep, It should go Apple. back. Thank you. Thank you. Salutations came here again. Um, I had a question because in winter people don't do a lot of bike riding. So what yep. do you usually do then? Uh, you know, we teach them how to wear proper clothing. So warm gloves. I even have things called, if you guys ever come to the store, you'll see me right now. I've got bar mitts. They're these big, big mitts that I put on my bike to keep my hands warm. Um, so to ride in the winter, it's all about wearing the right the right clothing, warm socks, layering, um, you know, merino wool shirts, nice, nice vests, all those types of things. So you can ride right through the winter and some people do. Um, I try to ride to work as much as I can if I'm not having to pick up bikes or do things like that. So you'll see me riding by the school usually in the mornings around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. I try to ride two or three times a week. And yeah, just gear up right and you can ride through the winter. I have a follow-up question. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Yes. Wow. My favorite word. Grinding hmm. gears. That's a good one. Yeah. What's your favorite word? Huh? What's my favorite word? Yeah. What's your favorite word? Word. Word. Um, my favorite word, apple juice shopping cart. I like it. That's good? <laughs> Thank you. Good. Bonjour, it's Benjamin again. Oh, man. Um, so, <laughs> Gets awesome. would you rather drink apple juice or orange juice? Ooh. Now, see, I just said apple juice as a favorite word, but I'm going to go orange juice. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I have a follow-up question. Yep. If you could relate any quote to your life, what would it be? Any quote to yeah. my life? What would, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, let's say my a quote to my life just give her it's a good one you like that one yeah give her yeah. okay just give her both. simple yeah 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 hello <laughs> hi it's Gavin Gavin um have you been here before yes okay what was your last question um what's the worst thing that happened there it is bike? awesome yeah um so I have a question about your skateboarding hobby kind yeah of thing. Um, what was your favorite trick to do on a skateboard not falling. Nice. Yeah. Me too. Very good. There's a group of us. There's a few of us. We call it the old boys. When you guys are in school, early morning, we sneak over the skate park so you can't see us wipe out and we're trying to, we're skateboarding again. So watch out for us. Don't push us over. Okay. Okay. And I have a follow-up question. Okay. I am an agent for my friend. He has a YouTube channel called, called Isaac Watson's Creations. Yeah. And I was wondering if you would like to stunt double or act in one of his movies. I'm going to have to talk to my agent about that. Okay. Okay, I'll get my people to talk to your people, and we'll see if we can work out a deal. You okay. probably subscribe. He's a really cool guy. Okay, I'll look into it. Hi, my name is Mason. Hi, Mason. Hi. Um, what is your favorite brand of socks? Oh. Right here. Ah, nice. You know what these are? No. Stance. Nice. Stance socks are my absolute nice. favorite. What is your favorite movie ever? 
My favorite movie ever. Ooh. Uh, wow. Oh, I, you know what is my favorite movie ever? Now you guys, you can go look this up, YouTube it, look it up. Rad. Rad, Rad the movie. Oh. Does anybody know it? I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, Benjamin, what is it? What's it about? No, not skateboarding. BMX movie. Rad the movie. Yep, that is my favorite. Rad racing. Yep. Question. Where do you buy those shoes? Where do you buy them? Well, you know, when you when you look at me every day, usually everything I wear is coming from my store. It's a big giant closet. And if I don't have something, I go and I take it. Because I bought it. Okay, thanks. Hello again. What are you hiding back there for? Where's his hat? Hey, he needs a hat. Uh, I wasn't really prepared when I came up here. I just want to be the last person to talk. Well, fire away. Um, what do you want to say? Where'd you get your haircut? <laughs> How am I supposed to answer that? I got in a fight with I got in a fight with a lawnmower. That's pretty manly. Yeah, and I won. Yeah. Does it look okay? How's it look from the back? It looks good. I can't see. Okay. Uh, sweet. Thank you. Okay, um... <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming, Jim. You're welcome. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about the, your outdoor sports and biking experiences. Uh, thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you, questions. listeners. Have a great day. Stay tuned for the next episode. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Grade 7 Stop to Experts. Tune in on our next episode when Ben talks to an expert on art. from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.